Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi, I'm Rick Tittle, and this is the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8Side Network. Surprise, it's actually Dominic Jimenez. I'm in for Rick Tittle, but I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rick Tittle Podcast found on the 8Side Network. Welcome back into the show. Dominic Jimenez here. Very excited to welcome in my next guest. You know him from Last Man Standing, the Santa Claus, Toy Story, Galaxy Quest. You've also seen him do stand-up, and that's because it is actor-comedian-slash-icon Tim Allen, and he's heading back out on the road with his stand-up comedy Right as the new year rolls around, you can check them out January 6th at the Hard Rock Live in Hollywood, Florida. January 7th at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida. January 8th at the Moran Theater in Jacksonville. And if you're going to be in Vegas, February 4th and 5th at the Mirage. And Tim, we'll get to the stand-up and, and your career in just a moment, but uh, you're a huge Detroit Lions fan. Uh, have you recovered from the emotional high of that first win of the season on Sunday? Boy, that sentence just that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Can, it, it's like to a uh, long-suffering Lions fan. It was such a shock because it never, it just doesn't work that way. We, that we generally would have fumbled on that play. So yes, it was a. It, it it's it's sad to say that the first victory of the season means anything. It was just a. It's a, a rare feeling for a Detroit fan to have a game come out like that. Bearing in mind that if, if you open up this door and we, we'd have an hour to talk, I've got every every fact, every detail about football you don't want to have the Lions have in their uh, history. <laughs> you know, more, most punts in a quarter, shortest punt, most penalties. I think it was illegal biting was the only penalty that was. <laughs> they had an illegal biting penalty when it, in an in a end zone that we lost another one. The Calvin Johnson rule, we go, it goes on and on. And to see that game, and eh, you know, I 
I'm disappointed to be a Lions fan because it's been such a tough year that to watch those guys and to come around and make it so, yeah, that was a great deal. The, the weirdest one was the tie with the Steelers. Yeah, that that one, I think that was, uh, if I was a Lions fan, I would have taken that as a win. And you mentioned an illegal biting. I didn't know that there was such thing as legal biting in football, so how about oh, that? Oh, yeah, sure, there's legal <laughs> biting. Yeah, you've, you've seen the Cowboys play. Yeah, that's fair. I'm also in the Bay Area, so I've seen the Raiders play, too. Uh, yeah. um, we're actually going to have Herman Moore on later, so it's actually nice. hasn't all been bad for the Lions. There, there have been some icons that have come through oh, and, no, and, and no represented Detroit well. I was a kid watching Mike Lucci and Alex Karras. Uh, um, uh, uh, I can't now. It's, the name slips. He was a run, um, re, re, returned punts all the time, and he'd let the ball land on the ground, and he'd wait, and everybody wait, and he'd just all of a sudden pick it up. With a fair, he wouldn't call a fair catch. He'd let it bounce, and he was. They had, well, of course, and then Barry Sanders, amazing player. Mm-hmm. They've had a whole bunch of amazing players. I think Matt Stafford moved on to the Rams, of course, is an amazing player. Yeah, Matt Stafford, uh, I, I love him. And now that he's uh, in the same division as my, my 49ers, I, I can't say I love Matt Stafford anymore. But that's uh, So we've been talking about the Detroit Lions getting their first win, but Tim is here to talk about getting back out on the road with his stand-up comedy. I mentioned the three shows, January 6th, 7th, and 8th, all across Florida. Uh, how were you able to come up with a set and, and refine it during the pandemic, because I know speaking with a lot of comedians that it, it's it's all about getting it the set out there and refining it kind of on the fly. And with so many venues and stuff closed, how are you able to put together a new set? To be to be fair, I've been on the road literally. I took a break for about four or five years when I did the last home improvement uh, many years ago. I did like three movies in a row, wrote a book blah, 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 and I just didn't have time. So I got off the road for about four years, re- rebooted that for doing mostly hosting stuff, charities, charity appearances. Then I got back at my regular stand-up probably 15 years ago, and then I was been back on the road off and on in Vegas. So before the pandemic, I'd had my, my routine, as I call it, back down. The the virus, as my neighbor called it. No, my neighbor calls it that itch. Did you get that itch? I, said, I don't think it's called an itch. She goes, well, something about an itch. And I did have my regular set is now just expanded a bit as I sat home and did most of this goofing around between uh, writers on Zoom and however, however else we did this. It's adapted a bit, and politics have changed. I make fun of politics in general because i'm mo- mostly a comedian so b- both both angles of the politics are fun to me mm-hmm. that's changed of course and of course with this virus and it's been this woke generation it's very delicate and i'm a old lenny bruce fan and prior people that push buttons a long time ago so i've had to adapt a little bit and a lot of it is look if you don't like it then you don't have to come see it I don't like pushing people's buttons to make them mad. I de- generally, it was life-changing experience to hear. It wasn't around for Lenny Bruce. His 61, 1961 bit at, I think, the Purple Onion or something in New York City, it's on, you can YouTube it. And it's amazing what comedy can do about clarification. 
and I happen to be a funny person. So to clarify what people think and feel, then generally I talk about my family. Growing up, with the, there was nine of us. And growing up in a family raised by women, my whole bit has always been about how amazed I am, fascinated, frightened, and attracted to women, and how that whole relationship is this world. And I said, nothing much has changed. The, re- the What's really changed now is you have to, I have to tiptoe around certain subjects and have to explain to the audience as though they're eight-year-olds sometimes. I don't mean anything by this. This is a way to get to something else. And this generation right now, you gotta, you, can you say something and people look around? And I said, no, that's not what I meant by that. And this is a, it's not catastrophic. You see Chappelle going through this on a on a, a larger level. I'm never I'm not that provocative because I said most of my material is insightful stuff from my point of view about relationships. And I said it goes deep relationships between us and our environment, relationships between us, us and material things and emotional stuff. I and mean, this sounds like a philosophy, and it's really not. It's it's comedy. I make jokes at people's funerals. That's what I was trying to get at. Sometimes I'm just inappropriate. That's 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 what comedy is to me. It pushes buttons. No, it definitely does. And I think it's it's so funny being here in San Francisco. I, I think I, I have to agree with you that sometimes people go to comedy shows looking to be offended. And if you're going to a comedy show, I think that's one of the places you should not look to for something to be offended about. So No, and and the, 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 my life in comedy, I saw Pryor live, and essentially what Richard Pryor did that night, and uh, some, of the other, some of the other comics I saw was a kid, is he changed my life because I laughed so hard. And that, that, that physicality of laughter, period, I don't care what I was laughing at, I end up loving the man that I was watching up on stage, and anything he said was clear now. Whether I agreed with it or not, it was funny. It's just funny. Once you, once you open up the funny gland, you accept it. There's an acceptance with comedy, and there's an mm-hmm. acceptance. And I get it. And I think sometimes people nowadays are not willing to let go. And that's my job is to let you let go. It's really just a gift I, I get to give is laughter. I got it once at a concert in, in Detroit at the Fox Theater from Richard Pryor. And I said, if I could, I wanted to do that the rest of my life because I had such a, a change of heart in my life. I said that everything was funny that he said. And the stuff he said, some of it didn't understand. However, that's what I love to do about comedy. It's more of a gift to me to make people laugh than it is. I get it's, 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 it's almost a, a zero-sum game. We're speaking with actor and comedian Tim L, and he's heading out back on the road once the new year rolls around January 6th at the Hard Rock Live in Hollywood, Florida, this January 7th at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida, January 8th at the Moran Theater in Jacksonville, Florida, and anybody who's listening on KSHP in Vegas, Tim will be in Vegas February 4th and 5th at the Mirage. Uh, Tim, you have a lengthy list of credits. Have you ever found yourself... You know, flipping the channels late at night, and you come across something that you were in, and you completely forgot you were in it. Um, I think the the lately it's been some of the early stuff. I said the Christmas with the Cranks. I forgot all about that experience. <laughs> it was a, especially during the holiday season. It was so close to me doing Santa Claus. It, it seemed to be, be an even to me an odd choice to be playing a, in a Christmas movie and not be doing Saint Nick. 
and it reminds me, it just transitions into Sigourney Weaver, who was in Galaxy Quest, was, you know, Ripley in Alien. Then she mm-hmm. does this parody, not even, a, it's an homage movie, Galaxy Quest, to being in a space movie. And the I always admired that she did that. And she, she if I have one job to do in this movie, and I, that, that, between I, I fold into that. If I if Galaxy Quest comes on, I it's on the opposite of what you just said. I remember every detail and so many details about that movie because every moment in that was a pleasure. And I said some of this uh, big trouble which we shot in Miami and it came out very close to 9/11, and so it kind of disappeared. And when I watch it, it goes that was uh, Dave Barry wrote that. It was a marvelous script, great cast. And really an interesting movie. And again, I've, I've almost forgotten about it in only because it came out at a very, I think it came out the week of, or the week before 9-11, and so it, it got buried. It, they did all the promotions, and of course, out of respect for everybody, they pulled the, the no, no, it wasn't, it was so bad, the timing was terrible. All right, one last question for you, Tim. Uh, when someone comes up to you and asks for an autograph or a selfie, uh, what's the role that you get most comments about? Is is it uh, Toy Story? Is it Galaxy Quest, Last Man Standing, Home Improvement, Santa Claus? What's the one that you get the most compliments about when a fan approaches you? It's it's really startling to me. Did Last Man Standing for nine years? Audiences are very different nowadays with network TV compared to the home improvement. There's no doubt. There's a whole generation of people from about 35 now to about 60 that grew up on home improvement because it got such a wide audience. So it's it's generally, literally, 70% of the time it's going to be home improvement. But right. I got a question for you. Who's in yeah. the Super Bowl? Who's in the Super Bowl? Uh, I, I I think it's going to be Tampa Bay and Buffalo. That, that's what I think. I, I think Buffalo, if they can get their uh, Tredavious White back healthy, their defense is better. I'll flip it on you, Tim. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Well, I'm uh, – gosh, Donnie, you really got me. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I thought it was going to be the Cardinals and somebody. I can't think of the other – who's going to be the against the Cardinals. It just seems like the Cardinals surprisingly – just they they keep doing it. I thought for besides, but I don't. I can't. I chickened out. I can't think of a team against them really. No, the AFC is kind of a a cluster of uh, teams that look like they're going to be Super Bowl contenders one week and then lose to a team like the, the Jets the following week or something right. like that. So the AFC is kind of a mess. Actually, the NFC is a little bit of a mess too. We've been speaking with Tim Allen, actor, comedian, comedian, and I'm going to call him an icon. Uh, you can check him out, timallentour.com, for show dates and tickets, January 6th, 7th, and 8th at uh, in Florida and in Vegas, February 4th and 5th at the Mirage. Tim, thanks so much for taking some time and uh, celebrating the Lions' win here on the show with me. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate right. your time. Oh, my pleasure. Take care. That is Tim Allen, the man, the tool time, baby. More on the other side. I'm Dominic Jimenez. This is Tittle Lightning Sports. Hey, this is Dominic Jimenez. I'm in for Rick Tittle, but I've got more of the Rick Tittle podcast with me in the seat, coming up right now. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Not rocking my Air Force Ones because it's been raining and it's wet and I don't want to mess them up, nor do I want to slip walking in San Francisco on the wet floor, uh, wet sidewalks that have a lot of metal on them. Oh, that's a classic. Give me super. All right, we're waiting on uh, Bill Bellamy. He did check in, which is a huge plus. He checked in, uh, but he had really bad service, so we're just uh, waiting on him. Oh! We're no longer waiting on Bill Bellamy. He has found better service, and I would like to welcome him in to the show now. Bill Bellamy, he's a comedian, he's an actor, he's he's done hosting. You've seen him everywhere, and you can also see him this weekend at Helium Indy because he's back on tour doing stand-up. Two shows on Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. Bill, welcome back to the show. We always love having you on. I know, man. Happy holidays, Rick. Man, it's exciting to uh, get a chance to get out and perform. Um, 
I love coming to the Midwest. You get the full winter feel. You got to have your real coat. You got to have your scarf and your boots. No, I love it. It's funny. So I, we're, we're here in San Francisco, and, uh, you know, the temperature doesn't usually dip below 50 or get higher than, you know, 80 in San Francisco where I'm at. So I was actually in Seattle a week and a half ago. I'm like, oh, I forgot. This is what it, a proper winter feels like. It's yeah, it's cold. I mean, uh, it's cold. There's foliage. There's leaves on the ground. There's some trees that are naked. It's I love the winter, and it was it was so nice. I forgot how great it could be. <laughs> Absolutely. The Bay <laughs> The Bay Area um, just always keep a nice, crisp jacket in the car. It, it, you never, you never know when you're gonna need it. <laughs> no, yeah, you you can wake up and and head to work, and it'll be nice and cold. By the time you go out and have lunch, it's nice and sunny, and by the time you get home, it's raining. I the, the Bay Area super weird with the weather. Uh, Bill, getting back on tour, how how does it feel uh, to be getting back to the comedy clubs? Because over the last uh, year and a half, two years almost now. It's been a little weird for everybody, but I'd imagine even more so for uh, everybody doing stand-up, where you yeah, literally couldn't I mean, get into the clubs. The good, the good thing about it is comedy is one of those things that people can do that was at the right capacity, that people were um, able to go out and have a good time. Unfortunately, not every state was open, so you know there was a lot of you know mm-hmm. up and down all over the place. So comedians like myself, you know, we could only work, work in states that were open, most of the states were closed, and then comedy, you know, they were separating everybody like six feet tables, so you you didn't have a, uh, a full capacity. But now, you know, once now that people have been vaccinated and people wear their masks and stuff, people feel more comfortable. People are really coming out to laugh because they need it. They really want to have a good time. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking with uh, Jim Florentine yesterday, and he was telling me how excited he is to get back out to the clubs because. He feels like he he's providing more of a service than he normally would because everybody's just been so locked up going crazy and and now it, it, everybody just needs a good laugh and it, we've gotten to the point where it's it's almost like uh, people don't even care if they're offended anymore they just need no. something to laugh at <laughs> people just want to have a good time I mean when I tell you people are coming out to laugh and they're doing one uh, one or two extra drinks to have a good time I, it, it is the feeling is euphoric I'm so happy that I am a comedian because I feel like, you know, even more now, like you said, this job is purposeful. Your 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 laughter is, you know, food for the soul, and people are walking out smiling. You could tell they had a good time. You know, it's it's awesome, bro. I'll be honest with you, it's just an awesome vibe. And you know, all all of us, or at least all of us who are at least mild extroverts, think we're funny in in high school and in college and with our buddies and social settings and. You know, when a, fr- a friend of a friend comes up, oh, man, you're hilarious. But I've never had uh, aspirations thinking I was going to be uh, uh, a stand-up comedian. So when did you know that you had what it took to, you were funny enough and had the skills to be a stand-up comic? I don't know. You know, it, that's a good question. I think um, I, I, I never wanted to be a comedian off the at the beginning of my career. I just liked comedy. I was just a fan of the art. And then I wanted to figure out how I could talk for an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how could how could these guys talk for so long and everything they say is funny. I didn't know that some people had writers. I didn't know that, you know, it takes a long time to come up with a good set. I didn't know these things at the time. So, you know, that first time I got up there, just the feeling and the excitement of the unexpected, I think, was the one that got me locked in because I was like, this is cool. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get booed or I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> 
Yeah, and ever since then, I just you know I just fell in love with the with the art of comedy. Um, you know, I've studied the greats. You know, from Robin Williams to to um, uh, Mr. Cosby's early days to um, you know Richard Pryor, uh, George Carlin. I mean, these guys. The, these guys, to me, are like in the Hall of Fame of comedians. Even Carol Burnett, like if you go back and you think of Jerry Lewis and you think about Carol Burnett, these guys are prolifically funny. Like Lucille Ball probably was one of the funniest women ever on the planet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Definitely. You know, so I, I want to be in that class, you know, of absolutely hilarious people. So, you know, I'm always striving to get better. I'm always writing different things. And now that life is so upside down, I got a lot to talk about. <laughs> We're speaking with Bill Bellamy. You can check him out talking about how upside down life is if you're in uh, the indie area because he's at Helium Indie this weekend, two shows Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. And, Bill, tell me a little bit about using your background in stand-up, um, really understanding how to work a stage. And tell me how that helped you succeed in your roles in, in unscripted things. I think of your time on MTV hosting Last Comic Standing. How, how did stand-up kind of prepare you for those roles as you've progressed through your career? Yeah, I mean, um, comedy, stand-up comedy and hosting, they kind of go, like, hand-in-hand hand because you're, you know, you're presenting something, you're talking about something, and your personality gets to shine through that. Like, when I was hosting on MTV, that was just me being Bill Bellamy talking about music. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was able to be funny. I was able to be informative. I was, you know, always a fan of the music anyway, so I really knew what I was talking about. It wasn't like I was just reading a paper all the time. Like, I really knew what these artists were doing. I really went to the studios. So those kind of things were helpful. But then when I hosted shows like Last Comic Standing on NBC, what was cool about that is that I know how to host a show. Mm-hmm. I know how to get the energy right. I know how to bring up the comedians to a good room. So that's an art in itself. So being a stand-up comedian actually has, you know, flowed into all all aspects of my career, you know, even from going from a dramatic role to a funny role. You know, when I do characters on stage and I do my uncle or I do, a, you know, the homeless guy or I do this, that, and the other, these characters are are dramatic acting, but it's just funny. I totally get it. One last question for you, Bill. Um, you've had the opportunity to interview tons of people, eh? from Kurt Cobain to Janet Jackson. What are some of the, uh, that you can think of off the top of your head, some of your favorite interviews, whether it was a memorable one because the person was super weird or just you, you hit it off with somebody? What was a, a memorable interview or two or each celebrity interaction you had in your time? I think my favorite moment was interviewing uh, Janet Jackson because this is it, at the peak of her sexy and you know stardom and everything and during the interview while I was talking to her she just laid on my chest and I thought I was going to black out <laughs> I didn't I wasn't expecting that you know and she was just flirting with me while I'm talking I'm trying to talk about the music and she's like oh Bill whatever and I was just like Jesus Lord go to commercial <laughs> go to commercial <laughs> go to commercial somebody go to commercial we have been speaking with the fantastic, the hilarious, the very talented Bill Bellamy, actor and comedian. He's back on stand- on a tour, on doing a stand-up tour, excuse me. He'll be at Helium Indie this weekend, two shows Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. Go to indianapolis.heliumcomedy.com to check out the schedule and get tickets. Also head over to Twitter, at Bill Bellamy, to uh, check out what he's going on, too. Bill, always a pleasure having you on, my man. Thank you Thank so you, much man. for taking and some time. Have a beautiful holiday. You, too. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. All right, take care. Hey, this is Dominic Jimenez. I'm in for Rick Tittle, but I've got more of the Rick Tittle podcast with me in the seat coming up right now. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Let's jump into the comedy, and that's because we've got Jim Florentine on the line. You can check out his new special, Bite the Bullet. It's out now on YouTube and Jim, I want to start uh, there. What was it like? Uh, take me through the process of putting out a free special for your fans to enjoy on YouTube. Um, you know, that, a lot of comics are doing that now these days. If you can't get a Netflix deal, which, you know, there's only a certain few that will, you put it on YouTube, people watch it for free. They can watch it on the phone, whatever. And, it, you know, 
it's a better way of getting more exposure, more people coming out to see in clubs. And, you know, the fans appreciate it that it's actually free. You're like, wow, it's pretty cool that he put it out. So, and that comes support you in the, and, uh, your live shows, and that's, that's what we really want. Yeah, Louis Katz was actually in studio with us last week, and it, it, it's it's funny because he mentioned, yeah, if you're a straight white male comic, you, uh, you go to YouTube now. You don't you you're never going to get a special on Netflix again. So is that kind of like where you're at with it? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like my opening joke. Like I got not, I got nothing to lose. I'm not getting a Netflix special at this point. I'm a yeah, I'm a middle aged white guy, so it's over for me. But you know, there's other avenues for us, which is actually good. So you don't have to, you know. You could pretty much dictate your career. You don't have to wait for the industry to come to you, which is great. So a lot of comics are doing it. It's working out really well for them. No, we've seen it. Yeah, I, I think of uh, Sam Morrill who put out a, uh, a YouTube special. It was free for everybody. And then he had a run over here at Cobbs in San Francisco. He sold out his, I think it was four shows. And then he ended up, I think he ended up doing eight shows that weekend just by demand. So the power of the free show on YouTube is, uh, is definitely uh, not to be messed with when it comes to the live shows like you mentioned. Absolutely. That's uh, so. That's the that's the formula now, and it's fine. You, and you you know, it doesn't cost a quarter million dollars anymore, like it did ten years ago to shoot a comedy special. You can get it done pretty cheap, finance it yourself, and then you know, hopefully you'll you'll make your money back on the back end on it. Yeah. So, what what has comedy been like for you over the last year and a half? Because uh, over the years, talking with so many comedians, you can write a new set, but when it comes to being performance ready. The easiest way to do it is just to get reps with it. I mean, that's like anything, just getting reps with it and fine-tuning it live. So without being able to, you know, go to any venues really over the last year and a half, were you doing Zoom? Were you doing outdoor shows? How was stand-up for you over the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I didn't do any Zoom shows. I couldn't do that, but I did a bunch of outdoor shows probably about four months after the, the first lockdown. But a lot of the clubs have been open you know, probably by the summer of last year, by like around July, August, it started coming back. And you just go to states where they're more open, you know, where there wasn't like a 25% capacity. So you get the reps back in. Yeah, I was ready to shoot it before the lockdown. And then I had to obviously put everything on hold and wait a little while. But, you know, I was just getting back out there and doing whatever I had to do. You know, I, I miss being not doing it for like three or four months in the beginning it was rough. And we've seen, I think about it with sports, when fans got back, just the, the renewed passion for the teams and the sports and the players. Have you noticed that at, uh, at the clubs and, and doing your, filming your special that people are happy to be back being able to watch stand-up because uh, comedians, you guys make people happy. You make them laugh. You make people feel good. And that's something that I think the entire world could use more of. Uh, have you noticed a renewed passion for uh, stand-up? Absolutely, the people that are and the, and and most importantly, the people that are so so called offended by any comedian doing a little edgy material, they're not coming to the comedy clubs or the theaters or wherever comics are performing. So then we're not getting people walking out because they're so sensitive these days. The people that come really want to hear you be edgy and be like, "Thank God," because I'm just so I'm so sick of walking around on eggshells the rest of my life that I just like being in a in a club and I can laugh at inappropriate stuff. Which is great for us. It's funny. I think we're we've reached the stage of the pandemic and in the world where I think half of everybody's offended, and then the other half is just I'm I'm so done with everything being so over the top, hypersensitive. I just I don't even care anymore. I just need to laugh. You know, social media really did that because before that, there was always people that didn't 
like edgy comedy, you know, whether you, you know, the colleges were always super sensitive about that or, you know, people that just didn't get stand up and were offended by stuff. But now with social media, things can just travel that quick. You put a joke out there, a clip, and it gets in the wrong hands. And then people are like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But they weren't comedy fans to begin with. So it was just easier access to get the people that are offended. But they were like, they would never come into the clubs anyway. So. You know, it, none of your business. Just stay out of it. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> Which, speaking. by the way, I'm a huge San Francisco Giant fan. I know we're on sports at San Francisco. Oh, okay. Seven wins. Oh, I've been since I was a little kid. I saw Willie McCovey play. I was a lefty. I was a first baseman. So I've been, I've been an all in, and it was an unbelievable season this season. But it was devastating how we lost to the Dodgers. That last game was brutal. Yeah, it really was. You're amongst good company. I'm, I'm a Giants fan myself, too. So uh, now I've got to ask you a couple questions about the Giants. We're speaking with uh, Jim Florentine. You can check out his new stand-up special, Bite the Bullet. It's available on YouTube. You can just type in Bite the Bullet, Jim Florentine on YouTube, and bam, it'll pop up. Uh, really quick, how, how are you feeling about the uh, the off-season re-signings of guys like uh, Alex Wood and and uh, Di Scalfani and uh, Gossman leaving. How are you feeling about them next year? you think it's going to be repeatable, or do you think the Giants are going to regress a bit? I don't know. The chemistry they had last year where everything worked, taking guys pinch-hitting in the third inning, bringing the righties in, the lefties in. It was amazing what Gabe Kapler did last season. I was I don't like that formula. I'm an old-school guy, but I could not believe how great it was. to And the pitching and stuff, you knew we all of our guys were – Free agents, they're all on one-year contracts except for Logan Webb, so you're going to lose a few. I mean, it sucks that we lost Gaussman. But I don't know, you know, Posey, uh, hopefully Joey Bart's ready. He's been in the minors for a few years now. Um, I'm excited for the new season, but it's going to be tough to replicate what they did last year. Oh, no doubt. I think last year, uh, this season, whatever you want to call it, gave me a lot of vibes of 2010 where it was kind of a, a bunch of random guys kind of coming together and having amazing chemistry and career years all at the same time it did it, it gave me vibes and it gave me hope in the playoffs unfortunately the Dodgers uh dashed uh those hopes really quickly um Jim uh you, you were one of the the shows that you're really known for was uh, your appearances on Cranky Anchors uh tell me a little bit about your developing the characters and your bits on that show because at the time there had been nothing like it before look I was I was messing with, I was doing these, putting these CDs out by myself called Terrorizing Telemarketers, where I wait for telemarketers to call my house and I tape record them and, and just mess with them. And then all of a sudden I put a couple out and Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla at that time go, hey, we're doing a show where we want guys to do prank calls. And I got picked like I was the only unknown comic at the time. It was just amazing timing in my career to put, you know, I didn't even have a record label. I would just get them printed up myself and they went up here and I'm like, oh man, we got to. Who is this guy? We want him on our show. And it, like, there was never a prank phone call show in history, and it was just perfect timing, and they picked me for the show, and my career basically just took off from there. It all starts with it, just the right person hearing it. Uh, one last question for you, uh, Jim. You've done film. You've done radio. You've done television. You've done voiceover work. What's your favorite medium? Because I, I think when people are able to do so many different things, um, there is that one passion project, that, that one form of art that they that they still hold dear to their hearts. So, what's your favorite? No question is live in a comedy club, stand up comedy, performing live because that you're your own boss. You could say what you want, you could dress the way you want, and that that freedom is unbelievable. That's what I always wanted in my career. And the TV stuff is great, the film stuff. 
you know, and then you got a bunch of bosses, you know, there's a script written for you, you got to stick to the script, all that stuff. That stuff's great. It gives you great exposure, but there's nothing better than mixing it up at a, at a, with a live crowd because you never know what's going to happen. You always have to be on your toes. Every show is different. Every crowd is different. So you're, you're almost like Peyton Manning up there, you know, figuring out that, you know, getting up to the, the line and changing the play because things aren't going well or whatever. So I love doing that. And we have been speaking with comedian, actor, voiceover extra, uh, actor extraordinaire Jim Florentine. You can check out his new special out now on YouTube. It's free for all fans. It's called Bite the Bullet. Just go on to YouTube.com slash Jim Florentine Comedy. That's his page. You'll find it there. And if you're feeling lazy and don't want to type in all of that, just type Bite the Bullet and you should be able to find it. Also, uh, Jim, uh, any stand-up tour dates coming up that we should be aware of also? Nothing in uh, in the area at the West Coast. I'm, try- I'm dying to get out there. I want to I want to time it when the Giants are playing. Obviously, some home games. So hopefully in the spring, because I miss going to that stadium. I've been there in a, probably about four years or so. I, I see them when they come to the East Coast. I'm in New Jersey, so I'll go to the, when they play the Mets or the Phillies. But so I'll be out there sometime in this late spring, early summer. All right. Next time you come out here, uh, definitely uh, give us a ring, and, and we'd love to have you in studio uh, when you're out here. Absolutely. All right, thanks so much, Jim. Check out jimflorentine.com if you want to learn more about him. And as he uh, gets back on tour, as things get back to normal, you can check out his dates there. Uh, And also, one more time, the stand-up special free on YouTube called Bite the Bullet. Go to youtube.com slash jimflorentinecomedy to check it out. Hey, this is Dominic Jimenez. I'm in for Rick Tittle, but I've got more of the Rick Tittle podcast with me in the seat coming up right now. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary in your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. All right. Welcome back to the show. Dominic Jimenez here. We have a, another guest. Very excited, very excited to welcome in comedian slash actor Eugene Merman. Uh, after being digital last year, SF Sketchfest is back live from January seventh to the twenty third, twenty twenty. Tickets and schedule available now at sfsketchfest twenty twenty two dot com. And Eugene will be participating in three different, uh, we'll call it panels or shows, or he'll make three appearances. Let's just call it that at uh, Sketchfest, uh, the first being Friday, January 14th at 7.30, and again at 10 o'clock, so that's two of them, as part of the Stop Joking for 100 Years and Other Requests from My Kids, Stories of Parenthood and Childhood. And you'll be joined by Jenna Friedman, Janine Garofalo, Dana Gould, Marilyn Raskub, and Baron Vaughn at the Swedish American Hall on Market Street here in the city. And then Saturday, January 15th at 4 p.m. at the Great Star Theater on Jackson Street, the five-year anniversary of the 10-year anniversary of the Eugene Meerman Comedy Festival with Jenna Friedman, Janine Garofalo, Kristen Schaal, Sarah Val, and Reggie Watts. And uh, before we get into that, Eugene, uh, what is it like being able to be uh, to flock with your fellow comedians and descend upon San Francisco for live shows again at Sketchfest? It's very exciting. I have missed um, seeing friends and doing shows and you know, Sketchfest is also, you know, probably the most fun uh, comedy festival in the country. So it's just, I'm very, I'm really looking forward to it. In, in addition to the um, the 100 year, uh, stop joking for 100 years and other requests from my kid. The the other show you're participating in is kind of in your honor. How, how exciting is that for you to be, to be honored by your fellow comedians at, at one of the Sketchfest shows? That is, I would describe it as medium exciting because I am just mildly uncomfortable with the idea, but I am very excited to see them and do a show <laughs> and, and sort of uh, joke around together. All right, so I, I think that it, that's one of the cool things is that when, you know, I, I think of like roasts in particular, uh, where you, clearly you're respected by your peers and, and there's so much love for you there. And I think that's a true sign of really making it is not necessarily the fame you achieve, but the respect amongst comedians. So what does that say to you in terms of how much love you feel from your fellow comedians that there is going to be a show at Sketchfest about you? Um, I mean, I think it's very sweet on the part of both the comedians and Sketchfest. 
um, yes, I feel I feel very honored. Um, I believe is the answer. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable and honored. I feel well, a mix of honored and uncomfortable. You got you got a couple uh, weeks, to, a few weeks to get used to the idea. <laughs> um, absolutely, absolutely. You, I think the... that that feeling will remain in perpetuity. All right, so we might see Eugene Merman squirming a little bit in in his seat up on the stage. Um, how has stand-up been for you over the last two years? I know so many clubs and venues are shut down. Uh, comedians haven't really been able to to get out there other than, you know, outdoor shows at the beach parking lot or Zoom shows. So how, is, how has stand-up been for you over the last couple years? I mean, very quiet. I haven't really done much. I've done a few shows um, at a small club in Somerville, Massachusetts, like a, a few practice shows and... I've opened for Mike Birbiglia a few times when he was in Massachusetts. Um, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't touring at all or trying to do any stand-up during the pandemic, um, however, you know, much I would want to endanger all my fans. Um, but, you know, I think now as things are returning and people are vaccinated and boosted and there's, you know, uh, mask, you know, where I am, there's mask mandates, and I think in San Francisco as well, it feels like pretty reasonable and this is also probably the new normal for quite some time um so i'm i'm excited to you know i've gone to some shows and seen some shows um and you know i'm i'm excited to see the return of of live performance and i know a huge part of comedy is all about being able to refine your set by performing it live so were you able to at least write during uh, the last year and change or were you uh, picking up another hobby like speaking russian um, I mean, I already that was a speak Russian. Dumb so question. I, I realized hobby. it as soon as I said that. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so that was a very convenient hobby. I don't read and write in Russian, so it's something. <laughs> or I, you know, sort of very poorly. Um, yeah, I did cook. I also have a five year old, so a lot of the pandemic was just sort of getting through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as opposed to like honing jokes. Um, but, but you know, I yeah, I did some writing, and, uh, you know, I, I mostly just tried, like many people, to stay above water uh, and not, not go crazy. No, I, I respect that. I think we're, we're all uh, got to the point where we're, like, sick of the people we live with, despite uh, how much we may love them. Um, we're speaking with uh, Eugene Merman. Uh, remember, check out Sketchfest is back, and... You've heard him on on Bob's Burgers, HBO's Flight of the Concords, Archer, Delocated. He's appeared on pretty much all the late night shows too, and he's going to be at Sketchfest for three shows, two uh, two appearances at the Stop Joking for One Hundred Years and other requests from my kid, which stories of parenthood and childhood uh, on January fourteenth at seven thirty and ten o'clock at the Swedish American Hall on Market Street. He'll also be the guest of honor at the five year anniversary of the ten year anniversary of the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival. And that'll be uh, at the Great Star Theater on Jackson Street. And one of the things I love about you, Eugene, is you, you seem to be on the forefront of creativity a lot. Uh, you, you developed uh, your own stand-up comedy major in college. You founded uh, a production company, Pretty Good Friends, with Julie Smith-Clem. And then you, you started kind of your own comedy festival. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how you, you seem to be on the cutting edge all the time. I mean, a lot of this is that mostly I've, I've really, you know, I mean, in terms of a major, I went to a school where you could design your own major. So I went to mm-hmm. Hampshire College where, you know, the thing I really wanted to do was comedy. And so I designed a major of comedy um, and I did a one hour stand up act as my final project. And, you know, for science, I did the physiology of laughter and sort of, you know, made a major in that way. 
but then in general, sort of after that, in terms of festival or working with Julie, like a lot of it is that I've, you know, toured with friends and worked on projects with friends. So most of my career, including the TV shows I've done, is finding people I really enjoy collaborating with and, and working with them. So a lot of it is sort of the community and, and, and working with people you love. And how did the festival come about? Because I I, I know... That's not an easy thing to get started on your own or even with a few friends. How, how did that come to be? I mean, it came about as a joke. Like, <laughs> there was some reason uh, that something was happening in New York, and now this is like 15 or however many years ago, and I jokingly said, I'm going to do the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival. And I think I was with Mike Rabiglia and Julie, who produced this weekly show that we did together um, in Brooklyn. And I was like, I'm, of course, not going to do that. That's an absurd idea. And then they were like, no, you should. It's pretty funny. And so then Julie and I did one uh, at sort of Union Hall and Bell House in Brooklyn, uh, these venues, this one that was opening. And it was really, really fun. And so when it was over, we were like, oh, maybe we should do it again. And so we kind of just kept doing it, though eventually, like, we both sort of moved away and things changed. But it was, you know, really, really fun. Um, But it kind of basically began as a joke. Did you uh, get a little rundown realizing, oh, my God, this is so much work putting this on every year? Yeah, we did it largely for fun. Like it wasn't like, like uh, you know, necessarily like particularly profitable or anything. But it was really fun, and it was such a great sort of thing for everyone and a great way to see friends and, you know, have friends come to town and stuff. So, yeah, it was, you know, like – you know, we didn't have kids when it began, and by the end, we were going to have kids. So it's like, you know, things, or did even, and so things changed, but, but it was, yeah, it was a lot of work, but also really fun, you know, and we still work together on lots of different stuff. So I think the thing you realize is sort of that there's different ways to collaborate in different kinds of projects you can have that are still very similar, but different. That's very cool. In addition to the the comedy stuff, you've done so many voiceover characters. What is the process for you like when it comes to developing a character um, f- for voiceover work, an animated character, whatever it might be, Bob's Burgers or Archer? Obviously, you have the script, but I think a, a quality voiceover actor really turns it into their own, despite, no matter what the script says, you, you still put your own unique flair to it, so... What is your development of characters like? My unique like? flair, though, is that I use my speaking voice almost <laughs> all the time and that I am cast as basically me um, or a version of it. I mean, in, in Bob's Burgers, I yell much more than I would in real life. But the truth is, for Bob's, Lauren Bouchard, who created Bob's Burgers, cast each of us. And we recorded, you know, sort of a demo over a period of maybe two years or so, tweaking things here and there. But for Archer, you know, I'm drawn to look like me, and I think that the they wanted it to be largely <laughs> my speaking voice. Um, I think the same thing about Apple and Onion. I feel like a lot of the cartoons I've done, um, you know, and a lot of shows, in fact, in both Flight of the Concords and Delocated, you know, I'm either Eugene or a version of Eugene. Same with even Bob's, I'm Gene, you know. The character's drawn to look a little bit like me. So I bring, I think what I bring to characters is myself. It's my speaking voice. There he is. You, you, you... In different, in different to- tones <laughs> and energies. But I don't, but it's not like I, but I, not like a method where I'm like, where I, you know, pretend to be 11 in my mind until people can't bear being around me. No, it's, it's, a, it's a true method because it's, uh, it really is whatever might be in your mind at that time because it's you. 
Uh, we've yeah. been speaking with Eugene Merman. You can check him out at Sketchfest. It is back, folks, January 7th to the 23rd, 2022. Tickets and schedule available now at SF Sketchfest 2022. That's 2022.com. He'll be participating in two uh, shows of the Stop Joking for 100 Years and Other Requests from My Kid, Stories of Parenthood and Childhood. That'll be at the Swedish American Hall on Market, Friday, January 14th at 7.30, and again at 10 o'clock. Those are Pacific time because we're in San Francisco. And then you'll be the guest of honor at the January 15th show at 4 o'clock, the five-year anniversary of the 10-year anniversary of the Eugene Merriman Comedy Festival. It'll be with Jenna Friedman, Janine Garofalo, Kristen Schaal, Sarah Val, and Reggie Watts, and, of course, the person we have been speaking with, Eugene Merriman. Eugene, thank you so much for taking some time and joining us. Uh, we're looking forward to welcoming you, welcoming you back to the city for Sketchfest. We can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to be back. Thanks for listening to the Rick Tittle Podcast. Again, this is Dominic Jimenez. I was in for Rick, and we'll catch you next time on the 8Side Network. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug right, needed. Let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions... Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.